Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. I want to welcome you to LifePoint, to our first ever live stream of our entire service. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to have the ushers come down your hallway, and they're going to Okay, I paused right there because normally that's when there's an uproar and people are laughing, and so I'll just hold on as you're all laughing. (laughs) Well, today we're pressing pause on our current sermon series, and I want to speak to you directly about what's happening in our world today. As you know, the COVID-19 virus is spreading globally. The stock market had historic drops this week. People are panicky or they're panicking. The word of the day is cancel. NBA and NCEA basketball canceled. You know, I was at the game on Wednesday night, the Kings game, and, and we were getting word that, that NBA had canceled. And we're thinking, okay, we're here. We're going to play this. They're going to play this game. This will be the last one. Lo and behold, canceled. Flights canceled. Schools are canceled. This morning, concerts and conferences are canceled. This morning, I woke up to read that now the ski resorts are canceled, which is a bummer because that was my plan to go with my daughter this week and go skiing. The Sacramento Zoo just canceled. Everywhere we turn, life is getting canceled. Even companies, or I should say every company or organization from banks to grocery stores, to gyms, to airlines, to car rental agencies, to stores, to fast food restaurants, and even my heating and air company, they're all sending out emails to reassure their customers of their commitment to cleanliness and, quote, following enhanced cleaning and sanitation protocols. I mean, come on, how many emails have you received this week with those exact words? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You've seen them. You've been receiving those. So what should we do? It would appear we're supposed to run out and buy all the hand sanitizer that we can, buy as much rice and beans as we can, buy all the toilet paper we can, buy extra water, and then go hide inside and prepare for the end of the world. No. As followers of Jesus, the filter that that forms our decision-making is totally different than the rest of the world. And in a time when people are going crazy and, frankly, freaking out, we have an incredible opportunity before us to show the world that we have faith and not fear, that we turn to prayer and not panic, that we can be sacrificial and not selfish. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to look at specific things that the Bible says about times like these and what you and I should do in times like these. But today, I want to start with what you and I need to be reminded of first, and that is this. We serve a mighty God. We follow a mighty God. We worship a mighty God. We hope in a mighty God. It's the mighty God mentioned in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and it's often read during the Christmas season. It says, for us, for unto us a child is born, and this is talking about Jesus. To us a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, and he will also be called Mighty God. Isaiah tells us the Savior, Jesus, who came into the world, 
He's a mighty God. Now, the Hebrew word for mighty God are, are two Hebrew words, El Gabor. El is the shortened ver- version of Elohim, which is the most used word in the, in the Old Testament scriptures for God. The word Gabor is a fascinating Hebrew word. It's used mostly in military conquest and action. Gabor is a word for somebody who carries out great deeds, who demonstrates strength and exceptional accomplishments. In other words, a mighty hero. Jesus, this Savior who who has been given to us, is mighty, born totally exceptional. He's the mighty God we love and serve and follow. The prophet Jeremiah speaks to the power of the might of God. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, it says, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great what? What's that word? I want you to say it out loud right now in front of your TV, on your iPad, on your phone. I want you to say it out loud. By your great what? Let me hear it. By your great? I didn't hear you. By your great power an outstretched arm. Now, what is too hard for God? What does it say? It says nothing is too hard for you. Now, all of us have problems in some way, shape, or form related to this current situation that's happening. With schools canceled, games canceled, flights canceled, planes, plans canceled, some are feeling sick and, and wonder, is it the flu? Or is it COVID-19? I mean, just the other day, I woke up and I was really, really cold. And I thought, oh no, here it comes, here it goes. Later in the day, I was coughing. I was like, am I just coughing or is this a cough that's something else? Or maybe you're already sick. Or your financial portfolio has taken such a huge hit the last couple weeks that you're here, you're listening, you're watching, and you're uncertain. And maybe there's some fear. But even beyond the uh, the sphere of this virus, you might have some type of problem or problems you're dealing with. Maybe for you, your marriage is a mess. Or maybe for you, your family is a mess. Or you have relationships that you're in that are a disaster. Maybe you lost your job or your business is going under and you don't know where to turn. Let me tell you something, nothing is too hard for God. Maybe the doctor has given you information about an illness. For you are a loved one, and you have found out that it's terminal. I want to tell you something. Nothing, 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 nothing is too hard for God. Jeremiah 32, 17, nothing is too hard for you, God. And I want you to say this with me. Again, I don't care if you're listening alone, watching alone, or we are with, or excuse me, or if you're with other people. I want you to say this out loud right now. Nothing is too hard for you, God. Let's say it out loud together. Nothing is too hard for you, God. Jesus is the mighty God. He is the provider of overcoming power. Now, what comes to mind when I think of this mighty God? I think of the omni words when describing our mighty God. First, God is omniscient, which means God knows everything. The Bible says that God actually knows all of your thoughts, which means some of you right now are in trouble. Again, this would be the time when the, the, everyone's laughing and roaring at this the incredible sense of humor that your pastor has. 
Isn't it fun to mess with your kids when they're young and innocent and they think you're omniscient, right? And those times when they think that you just know everything. I mean, how did mom know that I took that? Well, it's because you're five and you don't do a very good job of covering your tracks. But God is omniscient. He knows everything. In other words, everything that's happening right now in your life, in the world, God is aware. God knows it all. God is also omnipresent, which means God is everywhere. Now, here's what's amazing, and I want you to think about this. Right now, all over the world, services are taking place online. And I want you to think about this. God is actually fully and completely present in every one of those churches that are meeting in homes right now. That God is fully present wherever you are watching. That God's presence is everywhere all the time. Man, his omnipresence ought to wow us. It ought to amaze us and give us comfort knowing that he's with us this very moment. Another characteristic of a mighty God is that he's omnipotent, that God can do anything. And even though I know that in my head, that God is omnipotent, that he can do anything, that nothing is too hard for God, I got to tell you, I don't always feel that way. What about you? I mean, look at what's happening in the world right now, all the fear, the anxiety, even the panic. People are just super, they're just not super hopeful right now. And sometimes people come to me looking for answers. As a pastor, they're looking for God's power. And sometimes I find myself wondering, God, where is your omnipotence? Where is your you can do anything? Where is your power in my life? As you're watching, watching online or listening online, have you ever felt that way? I'll never forget when my dad went into the hospital for a routine knee surgery 11 years ago. Uh, my mom would call us and we'd ask, hey, how's dad doing? And, and she said, well, he's okay. He's just not getting better. And I'd chat with him on the phone and I didn't think much of it. Well, after a couple weeks, I asked my mom, you know, mom, should we, should we come down? And she's like, no, no, no. Dad will probably be home from the hospital in a few days. Well, a couple weeks later, my mom calls me and she says, you should probably come down as soon as possible. And I'm like, soon as in right after Christmas services, which were just about to come. And she said, uh, no, no, I think you ought to come right down you know, now. It's pretty serious. He's not doing well. So hearing my mom's voice, I, I left the staff meeting, in fact, and, and I, I went down to Southern California. And I arrived, and man, he was doing awful. He didn't look good. I got to talk to him just a little bit. Well, it turned out during the evening, he got so bad that we had to rush down in the morning because they were getting ready to put him on a ventilator. Now, he had a few things to say to me in those moments, and I remember it, it's still, still vivid like it was yesterday. He pulled me in close. He had a BiPAP over his, uh, his mouth, and he lifted that off because it kind of was a suction type thing, and he lifted that off, and he looked me in the eye, and he said, am I going to die? Man, hearing that, I'm like, no, Pop, you're good. Everything's fine. Hey, hang in there. We just need to put you on this other machine to help you breathe. Then he looked at me, grabbed me in again. He says, he says, son, I owe Cameron $40. I own $40. You take my wallet and you go give it to him. I'm like, dad, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. He said, son, you give it to him. 
And I'm like, all right, Dad, sure, I'll, I'll take care of that. And then the next thing he said, son, under my keyboard is a whole bunch of money. You take that money and pay for your trip down here. I'm like, Dad, don't worry about it. Son, you take that money and you pay for your trip down here. I'm like, okay, Pops. And I said, I love you. We put him on the ventilator moments later, and for the next two weeks, we stared at the machine. I'm begging God the entire time, please, God, this is ridiculous. He had knee surgery. What's going on? God, you're a mighty God. You can do anything. He's way too young. I want him to see my kids grow up. God, you could take care of this. Come on, God. And then he ended up, a week or so later, going to be with Jesus on January 2nd, 2009. His last coherent words and thoughts were about giving to his family. Now, I'm happy for him that he's now with the Lord, and I rejoice in that. But I got to tell you, in the midst of trying to be strong for my family, internally and privately, I was wrestling with God. I was praying my guts out. God, where is your power? You are a mighty God. I kept saying during those week, couple weeks, sitting with my dad at the hospital, this is ridiculous. Come on, God. Just take care of this. Make them better. Are you kidding me? Maybe today you're asking similar questions. Where's God's power in my life? Maybe you're in a tough spot in, some rela- in a, relationship, a relationship, and you're like, God, where are you? Maybe you have a dream for something to happen, and it hasn't happened yet, and you're like, God, where's your power? Maybe you've been praying for a healing that God could easily do, and you're pleading with God. Come on, God, this is ridiculous. Take care of this. You can do anything. This is easy for you. Where's your mighty power? You see, Jesus' power is real. And we need to understand that, that he's a mighty, mighty God. As Jeremiah says, nothing is too hard for him. So here's the issue. Jesus' power is real. We just not, may not see it the way we want to see it. In other words, we want God's mighty power on our terms and in our way. God, eliminate this, you know, this virus so we can go back to life as normal. But we must realize Jesus' power is mighty, and it's real, and it's displayed in ways that we may not see. Let me tell you a couple examples. First of all, Jesus' mighty power is at work in you. Philippians chapter 2 says this, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power, notice what it says, to do what pleases him. You see, somewhere along the way, I, I think it crosses our mind that you and I, we say yes to Jesus. And with that comes an easier life, a more comfortable life. Our problems get taken away, but God's power is not meant to make your life or my life easier or comfortable. God's power is meant to work in me, the scripture says, to change me, to take my life from being a a selfish life, a self-centered life, focused on me, from being a faithless individual, to being one who is Christ-like, one who is full of faith one who has the the, the fruits of the Spirit evidence in my life. Now, maybe for some of you, you don't see God's power because you only see the problems before you. Listen, God's power is working in you. Why? To change you, 
to help you become more like him, to become more like Christ. And I want to tell you about that more in a moment. I mentioned my dad earlier. And my dad was messed up. I mean, big time before he gave his life to the Lord. He was a Vietnam vet who suffered from PTSD. He had been doused with Agent Orange, and that had a huge effect on him physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You couldn't have been further from God. He was losing his family to his alcoholism. He was far from God. He was far from us. But God in his mighty power stepped in and saved him. And then the, ne- the, the Holy Spirit spent the next 30 years changing him, transforming him, and working in my dad to give him the power to do what pleases God. And listen to this. He was so much more like Jesus on the day he passed away than he ever was on the day he said yes to Jesus as his Lord and Savior. It means it might be slow at times, but God is working in us and changing us, especially in the midst of our present problems. Also, Jesus' mighty power is working for you. The prophet Isaiah says he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. That even youths grow tired and weary, and that word youth actually is a Hebrew word that means the best of the best. Even the best of the best grow, grow tired and weary, and it goes on to say, young men, they stumble and they fall, but those whose hope in, is in the Lord Those are the ones that he will renew their strength. And maybe that hits home for you today. After a difficult and long week, you might be weary, worn out, and you have problems and worries and fears and concerns. Man, you're just fried. The good news is God gives strength and power to the weary and to the worn out. But don't miss how he does it. How does God actually get Jesus' power, mighty power working for you? Isaiah says it comes to those who hope in the Lord. To hope in the Lord means to trust and continually wait on the Lord and expect his help. With all that's happening around us right now, now is the time to be reminded of that truth. If you will put your hope and trust and faith in the Lord, he is a mighty God and he will give you, he will renew your strength. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, had a weakness. He called it a thorn in his side. He asked God to take it away, not once, not twice, but three times. Paul's like, take it away, God. You're a mighty God. Nothing's too hard for you. God, get rid of this from me. I've prayed that countless times as well. Maybe you have as well. God, take this away. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, God says to Paul, my grace is all you need. My what? My power works best in your weakness. So how did God respond, or how did uh, Paul respond to God's response? Paul said, and so now because of that, I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the what? The power of Christ can work through me. And then he says something interesting, for when I'm weak, that's when I am strong. Do you need a mighty God in your corner today? I suspect you do. Whether you're facing a mess that you've created and made yourself, or maybe it's just a result of all that has come upon us because of the effects of what's happening in the world today, Jesus' mighty power is working in you to change you, to make you more like Christ. Jesus' power is working for you. When you're weak, Paul says, that's when God works best in your life. That's why you can be strong. And that is why then Jesus' mighty power, it works through you. 
Paul said that in 2 Corinthians 12, but Jesus also said it to his disciples before he went up to heaven in Acts chapter 1. He said, you will receive what? What does it say there? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to tell everybody that I'm a good God, that I'm a mighty God, that I'm mighty to save. In the midst of all the fear, in the midst of all the uncertainty and panic, you and I have an incredible opportunity to have Jesus' mighty power working through us. We have the opportunity to share his love, to share where our hope is and in who our hope is in. See, that's how God uses you to change people's lives for eternity. When you continually hope and trust God, God gives you this supernatural El Gabor strength for all your difficulties. He'll give you peace. He'll give you joy. And that is available to you because you serve and follow and worship a mighty God. And that's something that you and I right now today can get excited about sharing with others right now, that God can use you to bring hope and peace into a world of uncertainty. So with all the uncertainty before us, let's not forget we follow a mighty God. We worship a mighty God. We serve a mighty God, El Gabor. We can trust in him no matter what our circumstances are that are before us. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.